0: To the Chiss Ascendancy podcast.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Chiss
2: Ascendancy
1: episode 82. We're back at it, and uh, we made if it. you are a yeah, we say <laughs> we that every week, we made it to 82. Um, so, if you are a YouTube watcher and you're not just listening, you notice that there's a third character here with us. Um, and if you are not aware of who this is, we are in the presence of Star Wars greatness tonight, guys. Um, this is our uh, our very own Star Wars audiobook czar, Mr. Mark Thompson, has joined us tonight. Uh, and so we're recording this on uh, May the 2nd, uh, but this is our May the 4th uh, mm. extravaganza, and so First of all, we want to say, uh, Mark, thank you so much for being on the
0: show with us today. Oh wow, thank you so much for having me. This is a huge honor and for the May the fourth episode, that's amazing. thank you I know I know so if you guys are listeners and
1: you didn't know this or somehow this has gotten through the cracks or whatever, um, when you're listening to the intro of the podcast and you hear that uh, that sweet, sultry voice that says, "Welcome to the Chiss ascendancy <laughs> podcast. That is Mark. We reached out to him a a good while back and uh, and he was more than happy to to send us an intro for the podcast. And actually, um, the file that he sent has like three or four versions of each way that uh, that he said it. And so it's really cool. Oh, yeah. I was working on them
2: together and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I'm handling (laughs) this easily the coolest thing I ever put together.
1: Well, it's funny because, I don't know, Mark, so your whole family is Star Wars fans.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm you know, the biggest one. Uh, right. But yes, every, everybody likes it, yeah, so.
1: So is, okay, would you say that early on in your marriage, your wife was also a big fan, or has she, like, obviously your influence in that sphere has grown, and so she's gotten to experience more and more of Star Wars?
0: Yeah, no, I think she like she 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 always says that she's a fan, but she always feels like compared to me, she feels like she's not. So like, but okay. she was amazing. Like she let she let me. Uh, we, I had Star Trek and Star Wars music in my in, in our wedding, and like I was able to like wow, mar- like I, I think I marched into the opening fanfare to Star Trek, and then my groomsmen marched in to the throne room theme. Uh, mm. with, you know when they're getting their awards and stuff. So uh That's so awesome. Yes, yeah, so it's pretty cool. And I had kind of a sci-fi inspired tuxedo. It wasn't full on (laughs) uniform. So at my wedding,
1: and actually Samuel just got married about a month ago. So he's fresh. He's fresh into it. But um, my wife and I got married uh, six six years ago. And our wedding toppers were uh, Padme Amidala on her wedding day with the flowers and Boba Fett. I know oh. that doesn't make sense, but I'm a Boba Fett right, right. fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so um, I say all that to say it was funny because my wife's a Star Wars fan by proxy, obviously, because of me. Uh-huh. Um, and so whenever we got the voiceover stuff, I was like, listen to this, listen to this. And I was showing her all the different Thrawn voices. And she was like, nice. And I was like, uh-huh. no, you don't understand. Like, this is this is the creme de la creme de la Edgar right here. <laughs> and so. uh Man, funny, so, man. So, awesome. Uh, so awesome. Uh, so we got a couple of questions, man. You guys, it has been a process to get to this uh, to get to this place. Um, but it's kind of cool because in some ways, like obviously in today's society, streaming services and stuff, you just want to ask a question and get an immediate. Yes. Um, but working with Mark, he's always been very, very gracious and open to like, dude, I'd love to be on the show. But he's got it. We have to get approval from Penguin Random House Audio and then Lucasfilm. So while I'm impatiently waiting, the way that I'm justifying it to myself is someone at Lucasfilm knows that this podcast exists now because of this process. There you so go. That, that, works, <laughs> that works for me. Yeah. Um, so we've got a couple We we've got some questions here that we got, you know, vetted and they're all good and they're all kosher. Um, but I did want to start, we made sure this was okay beforehand, but we did have a couple of questions from, uh, listeners that I wanted to, to throw your way and, uh, and kind of get the show rolling. Is that cool?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So this actually has something to do. Um, we have questions that are similar to this, but I'll go ahead and just read these off. Sure. Uh, so the first one was, what was your favorite star Wars audiobook to do?
0: Ooh, uh, it's always like asking you to pick your favorite child you know <laughs> it's like I mean they're all so much fun and I, I really enjoy all of them um oh man it's so hard uh, la 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 la. I think well okay I think oh see I'm having like three answers pop in my head all at the same time I'll say <laughs> like like I think Dark Disciple was really special um, mm. just cause there was something about that story with Asajj Ventress and Quinlan mm. that was just really, I really connected with. And, uh, that was like, I feel like that was the first time I remember getting so moved by the scenes that I got like a little bit emotional in the booth. Wow. Um, and then I have like, I think force awakens was special to me because I got to record that one several months before the movie came out and it was oh, kind oh, of like, cool. like this crazy experience of like you know, knowing all the plot points of that movie, like, you know, several months beforehand and having to keep it a secret and and getting locked in a room at Penguin Random House. And so that was just a weird experience and and a fun experience because of that. And then, like, recently, just the, uh, you know, all all the High Republic books, I I really loved uh, um, Rising Storm was was a lot of fun. Um, And just just like that, the adventure of that one and just the like kind of like like the like the, the character development, and really getting to know mm-hmm. uh, Stellan and uh, Elzar deeper in in that book. I, I really enjoy it. Like all the High Republic ones. I'm a huge Jedi fan, so that's a meandering yeah. answer. I apologize, but I I, I I like them all. And then obviously we... the Thrawn books. How can I not you know love the Thrawn books? You know, like you not, yeah, huh? yeah exactly. Go. Like the uh, you know, the, especially the the uh, I got to record the 25th anniversary of Air of the Empire. And that one was a huge, that, that one was a big deal to me. Cause like, I, yeah. I always tell this story, but like, I was not much of a reader growing up, but right. the one book I, I, I bought on my own was air of the empire. <laughs> Cause I wanted to find out what happens, you know, after Jedi and all this stuff. Sick. And, but then my teenage laziness got the better of me and I never finished the book. So then oh I goodness. got, then I got hired to do the the anniversary reading and I finally like got to read the book full circle. And it, and it was a big moment and you know, and T- Timothy Zahn is just the master, so I mean, oh my goodness, you know, any, any of his stuff is like a huge honor to do. So.
2: Can I ask a question real quick about the Air the Empire trilogy? Yeah, so yeah. You ha- you had a particular voice you did for Thrawn early on, and then mm-hmm. there was a change when yeah. the the newer trilogy came
0: out. What was the the catalyst for that? Um, well, basically, when they announced that um, he was being brought back into canon and uh he appeared first on star wars rebels um and i was listening to like i i i you know i was just watching rebels as a fan and i was watching the episodes and lars mickelson has this really interesting accent and cadence and you know it, it was this like kind of like you know all, all, it was very very interesting and i was watching it with my kids. And I was kind of like subtly mimicking it to see if I could do it. And they were like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing, nothing. Cause at that point I figured, well, you know, I did the legends one. So there's no way they're going to want me yeah. to do the new ones. And then they asked me to do the new ones. I was like, Oh, cool. So then I, I decided to try to make it similar to what Lars is doing in star Wars rebels, because wow. I figured that's what a lot of people would be being introduced to, to thrown in the, in the canon or the new canon for the first time. So I wanted to, to try to be as consistent. So it was I was trying to be a little bit more influenced by what Lars was doing, so.
2: Yeah, I've, I've always just wondered because it's like, you know, you, you grow up on one thing and then you hear the right. difference. And you're like, I wonder yeah, what yeah. It was. you know, yeah, I yeah. I've, I've yeah. always wondered.
1: It's funny because, um, you know, looking in and uh, seeing different characters differently over the years, like, uh, you know, for it's so cool. So I have I have three boys, I have a four a two and a three month old. And, Whoa, you um, are in it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's Dude, a rough I literally I,
1: <laughs> I literally called. Uh, so at the church I work at, I'm also the director of a small Bible school. And oh. I called one of our, our girls that I can really rely on. And I was like, can the two older boys please go to your house? I have an important recording tonight. <laughs> um, but uh, it's interesting because whenever you're growing up with certain characters a certain way, it's cool because my my sons will always think of uh, Alden Ehrenreich as what young Han, uh, so, young Han Solo looked like versus oh, wow. a young Harrison yeah. Ford in a sense. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, um, right, yeah. Or like for me, so I'm 29. And to me, <clears throat> Hayden Christensen showing up at the end of Return of the Jedi, that's what Anakin's Force Ghost looks like. Oh, wow. Like, there's no, you know what I'm saying? Like for yeah, a lot of people, yeah. for for you Whatever. probably, it's like, oh, it's this cool. other guy. But for me, you know, it's Hayden Christensen. So, yeah, um, but it is interesting. I do like that with how Thrawn is now. And we kind of have some questions about this later from our official list. But I do like that he feels foreign. He feels not from the known galaxy because the original Thrawn voice and how he was written was it was deep and it sounded like a cat's purr. And uh, so actually my first Star Wars audiobook ever was uh bloodlines by karen travis that was my oh, wow. first star wars audiobook ever and yeah. you did that one as well and yeah. um hearing your boba fett at the beginning i remember i was young enough that like i didn't have my own money or anything and i'm sitting in front of uh amazon and i was like mom i need this listen to this guy do boba fett so it's cool <laughs> that i'm listening i'm i'm talking to you right now but uh oh, that's so, so cool. but thron was the first one that i was like I'm gonna finally bite the bullet. I was intimidated to read Thrawn because it was yeah. all the rage. It was like this is the most important Star Wars character since the original trilogy, mm-hmm. and Thrawn and Timothy Zahn. In a lot of ways, we've we've talked about this numbers of times on the show, but he's really responsible for the resurgence in a lot of ways of the Star Wars following. So when people oh, are like, yeah. like uh, the the guy I work for, he's like, "So the Chiss Ascendancy, what is that?" And I was like, "It's the most important." Star yeah. Wars item, since Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, so uh, a follow-up question from uh, from our fans is, what was the most difficult book you had to read? And I guess whether it was, I know uh, whenever you were, I showed my wife to show you who you were on YouTube, yeah. was your video of you recording um, the Hand of Thrawn duology and you were doing oh. bringer of winds and luke skywalker yeah, back and forth yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and i was yeah, yeah. it was funny because i was like babe this book is like 24 hours long and it was funny because <laughs> you you then turned to the camera and go it's a long one all right, and, right. <laughs> uh, so what was the most difficult i guess not necessarily like how long it was but was there a book that stood out as far as the difficulty of performing it or new characters or something like that
0: oh man um I mean that would probably be up there. I, I don't know if I if I could narrow it down to one particular one. Um, I mean it's always challenging when there are a ton of different characters and, and you're trying to kind of you know bounce back and forth. Um, mm-hmm. I think like the you know so there's certain like uh, like Gali and the the Ascendancy, um, the most recent Throne books. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could be like, and the, like the scenes between him and the mages and Thrawn, that was definitely challenging. Cause they're in such different parts of my voice. So mm-hmm. having to flip back and forth between them, it was definitely, uh, super challenging. Um, and, and they, and they're very like guttural and, and stuff. So that, so that one was kind of the one that was maybe the most recent, that was a big challenge, but they're, they're all, they all have kind of pros and cons and, and, uh, and And things that are unique to you know, uniquely challenging, I would say,
1: yeah, I would say as a listener, one of the hardest things back and forth is the the ascendancy trilogy is so different, and like they're so yeah. there's so like zahn was even saying this is more sci fi than fantasy,
0: yeah,
1: and yeah. it's so like detailed and political, and right. like the chists are like so here's how it works. You've got like all these families, and then this is your first name, and then this is your middle name, but you'll get that one later. And the third name, like (laughs) it's so detailed, so I can imagine as a listener, I'm always switch
0: it halfway through, right? (laughs) Like you know, they'll they'll join this other house, and now they have a new name, but you have to remember that it's the you know, (laughs)
1: it's crazy because I have to be like, all right, 15 seconds back, 15 seconds back for Audible, right? So I can only imagine
0: when you're reading it, the the confusion that can take place. Yeah, there were a lot of notes and uh <laughs> trying to keep track of everything.
2: Something I've always wondered as like an audiobook listener, because Josiah and I both have like this shared dream of doing voice acting to some degree. Oh, cool. um, but I listen to audiobooks and I'll sometimes hear like, um, like for instance, I don't know how into Harry Potter you are, but the voice actor for that will oh, sometimes yeah. like cross over a voice, like he'll be doing like Mr. Wheezy and it sounds like uh, Uncle Dursley and Uh i always wondered like if when you're creating these voices because sometimes like you'll have voices that'll be like similar that you'll just reuse for side characters right like notes or do you just kind of like off the cuff decide what voice you'll use for what character
0: yeah like i i um I, i take a lot of notes and uh like my process is is i i read the book straight through and then anytime there's a character that has any line of dialogue i write down everything i can find out about that character so like their gender are they human are they alien what's their age does the Mm -hmm. author give me any description of their voice like is it like you know described as a melodious or gravelly or you know whatever it is and then i go back and i try to cast it and i i try to pick voices that i think will match that and i think um there have been challenges sometimes where what appears to be an ancillary character in one book in the next book mm-hmm. ends up being like, you know, the best yeah. friend or the, 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 second Lieutenant. And then, and then it's like, Oh no, when I, when I created this voice, it, it's, it now sounds similar to this voice. Mm. And how do I differentiate yeah. them? And, you know, so interesting, so there are challenges like that, that pop up, but, but I try to make them as distinct as possible. And, 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 um, like my director, Kevin Thompson, he's like amazing. And he basically taught me how to narrate audiobooks. but, um, he, he has this great illustration. He talks about like the instruments in an orchestra and mm-hmm. how y- you want them, you know, to sound different enough, but they have they they, it's not enough for them to be different. They have to work well together, like they have to like all come together mm. so that they make music together. And, and so a lot of times he'll say, you know, I like this voice, but let's do I, I think we need to make choose this one because it's going to match up better with these other ones. And, mm-hmm. oh, and we'll wow. kind of discuss about, you know, okay, these, these guys are going to be talking a lot together. So how can we make them, you know, um, complement each other and, and stuff like yeah. that? So there's a lot of, definitely a lot of experimentation that goes into it.
2: I'm, I'm going wow. off road a little bit, but I'm curious as I hear you talk more and more about it. So one of my yeah. favorite voices that you do is Markian oh, cool. And in light of the Jedi, there's like almost zero description about him. So wow, yeah. when it comes to a character like that, I mean, that's such you like I've never heard you use that voice before, and I've listened, I think, like every book you've done. Yeah. So
0: how did you what was your thought process behind Mark Yonro? Um so I guess my experience when I was reading the book was that he seemed like um this like guy that was not really respected by mm-hmm. the other Tempest Runners and you know, so, so I felt like there had to be a quality to him that when you first hear it might be underestimated or, or kind of not, you would not intimidated by and kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of unassuming, almost like just, dismi- yeah, unassuming. That's a great word for it. Um But then as the book went on, you saw how like brilliant and tactical he was and how he was kind of a few steps ahead of everybody. So I, I tried to, you know, come up with the voice that I thought like at first you might See, well, who is this guy? And, like, almost like, you know, hmm. the guy kind of sweeping in the corner, kind of the, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, kind of this unassuming yeah. guy. But then, like, he kind of has that, like, you know, I think there's a, you know, when he is, is it when he is it in Light of the Jedi where he ends up cutting off Kasav's hand or something, or, you know, but like, there's mm-hmm. like a, it's like, you know, it's just like there's this, there's obviously this, like, rage inside of him and this, like, mm-hmm. potential for that, that switch to flip um yeah that, that you know he could like flip at any moment so i was trying to kind of play with that and you know so i was kind of those are a lot of the thoughts i was having trying to come up with him so it's cool Very because cool. yeah if no, you, he's uh... just such a cool character oh right. yeah. yeah
1: was it Charles hard to do uh just like the this is like a silly question but was it hard to do the switch from Marchion row to Marchion row
0: yeah, it's a little bit hard. <laughs> in, my, in my mind,
1: like when I'm reading the comics and stuff, I'm like, "There's Martian." Like he still yeah, hasn't yeah. switched in my mind.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. Now I have to like remind myself. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was definitely a process. They, they, when, whenever we record them, we always get a list from Lucasfilm, and like this is the master pronunciation, and this is how we want it pronounced. And so, oh wow, there was there was some breakdown between, um, what the people telling us what to do told us how to pronounce these things versus how the authors were pronouncing it. And then, and then there were like, you know, they had the high Republic show and obviously it was, it was, they were, they were doing a lot of interviews and stuff. So I I think for consistency, they said, let, let's do it how the authors are saying it. And let's make sure. But there was some Hmm. communication breakdown because even when you listen to the first publicity video of, of Marquion, it says, it says Marcia those little animatics they did oh yeah 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 Um, you know like the very true i didn't think about that martian yeah so like so there was there was you know i i guess there was just debate early on about how they were going to do it and so interesting um, yeah it was a bit of a gear shift but uh i'm glad it'll be consistent moving forward so (laughs) yeah
1: it's cool because his character is so um like for those people who've read the books but aren't necessarily because there's levels to star wars fans not in a sense of how like, not in their worthiness to love Star Wars, right? Right. Just <laughs> in in the depth, like not everybody wants to read the comics, you know. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, there's people who they love the movies, and that's all they need, and they love they really love it. But that's all they need. And then you yeah. have people who, well, I'll watch. I'm not going to watch your cartoon. Okay, I'll try Clone Wars, and then they're hooked, and then they watch Rebels and all that. And then you have the book readers, and I would say the the furthest down level besides like. The, the, you know, role-playing game is, I would say, <laughs> movies and shows and books and comics. That's kind of yeah. like one of the really deep levels. Yeah. And it's interesting because if I would have seen the comics first, I wouldn't have pegged Markion for having the voice that he has in the audiobooks. Yeah. But, because he's so jacked, he's just this giant right. gray dude.
3: Yeah. But
1: I think that Hearing your voice for him has, and I think, made it even better because he's not the typical jock. Like, he's not the, uh, oh my gosh, what's the Tempest Runner with the big horns? Oh,
0: Pan Ata?
1: Yeah, he's not the Pan Ata yeah, yeah. sounding guy because Pan sounds like the big jock baseball right. hockey player guy. Yeah, yeah. But, but Mar- Marcion, Marcion is very. Um, to me, it's almost like he's so irritated by everybody around him. He's finally just (laughs) talking through, it's like almost through clenched teeth. Like this morning, I'm getting my, my boys ready for school and my wife's asleep because she's been awake with the baby the whole night and my, my oldest, but he's still only four. So he's oldest, but he's only four and he's running in his sandals, like flat footed. And I was like, your mom's asleep and it was, right. <laughs> had like that markion quality to it where it was right, like right, right. you wake her up. <laughs> so that was I think it's funny cuz he does have that natural like just like you said like the the anger that's welling up from the mistreatment from his parents and reading yeah. the the markion two part story like their whole pe- people as a species has this troubled past. Right. Um so I, all that to say I think you nailed it because he doesn't oh, have you. the typical like I'm just going to beat you up kind of guy. Like he's, right. you can tell he's a thinker. And I think he's such a cool hybrid of physically imposing, but he's also like, he's out thought the Jedi so far.
0: Yeah. Like we're going to have yeah. to go
1: 150 years back to see where all this is. We don't even, obviously you probably know more than us, but we're not going to see what's happening 150 years ago. Right. And then ultimately my guess is they're going to end up back at the end of where the fallen star is. And then we're going to see how that plays out to somewhere around the phantom menace or something. And so mm. Yeah. he's outthought the Jedi and that's all we know for now, you right. know, till we go back to that timeline. But um, yeah. anyways, we're 20 minutes in, we're going to go ahead and get to the regular. We could do this for three hours. So yeah. we know that <laughs> you have other stuff you got to do as well, but um, okay. So the first question, this is kind of a surface level, but important question. What got you into star Wars?
0: Oh, wow. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, it's, it's one of those things like I was born in 75. So like, It's it's kind of like I always remember it being there. Like I think Hmm. I guess the most honest answer is probably the action figures, you know? (laughs) And then like I wanted to know more about the toys I was playing with. So I I just like I I I can't I can't think of a time where it wasn't on TV or, you know, you know, a part of role. Play and and you know I had the sheets and the toy you know so right I think we're literally in my been... Star Wars room right now. Oh nice,
1: <laughs> that's great. So, I love it. Yeah, you're talking, you're preaching to the choir right here. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So basically, it was always around, but wanting to dive further into the stuff that was surrounding you, the the clothes and everything, you wanted to know
0: more about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just you know those. That, you know the 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 older I get the more I think about like how formative it was and like just how it really planted these seeds in me about you know you know this this force that you can't see but it's there and even though you can't see mm-hmm. or touch it it's there and and just and this this battle for good and evil and it's just it it mm-hmm. really kind of shaped me in a lot of ways and kind of like helped me understand you know some spiritual things in my life you know by giving me a kind of a some, something that was kind of on my level that helped me understand some of these deeper questions in life. And uh, and I'm very grateful to it for that, and George Lucas <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, seeing that Jackson
2: character Josiah held up uh, reminded me of the From a Certain Point of View books. Oh, yeah. And I have this question that mm-hmm. uh, has just been in the back of my mind since I listened to it. And how locked up did your falsetto get narrating the Cluehorn
0: caper? oh wow yeah (laughs) yeah you talk about challenging books like that was definitely i was gonna say that's the most challenging one right there (laughs) right right right. we may have a winner now yeah (laughs) your
2: absolute highest register for i
1: think it was an hour and a half long yeah that was that was okay i'm a lover of all things star wars you can ask anybody i am ridiculously positive But every book that comes out, I'm like, I'm reading this book. I don't care if it's I don't like I don't necessarily identify as much with this character, but I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm reading this book. But Blue Horn Cantina (laughs) Caper almost broke my spirit, dude. We had just gotten past.
3: We had just gotten past
1: like some amazing like sand trooper right. stuff, some amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. like the 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 come along Boba Fett story, like all this crazy stuff. Right. right and right. it was a freaking hour.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was well, like so, Yeah.
2: How many times do you go through that water bottle doing that part?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that was like a two or three bottle story. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore yeah i mean I th- i think it's uh i i i like the certain point of view books because i, I do oh, like I love them like how crazy they can get you know and it's like not every every vignette is for everybody but i but it is for somebody you know, and i think some yeah. like yeah there's there's different things that like you know uh like like you know i I'm a sucker for anything having to do with the jedi, I know some people yeah. are really into the bounty hunters and some people are into the you know resistance and the military stuff and you know so. And and then some people are into the, the aliens and the kookiness and the craziness and just how random things are, you know. So, so it's it's fun to kind of explore all those like maybe unexplored corners of of the galaxy and and uh, you know. So, but it's yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean though. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very Lion King um,
2: one and a half. I love it.
0: Right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude. Lion King one and a half is the best. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, so, uh, my next question. Man, I could have gone down a certain point of view rabbit hole. Hunger, yeah. being narrated by Sam Whitwer about the wampa oh. from the Empire one. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm a huge Sam Witwer fan because Force Unleashed, The Mist, right. all that stuff. Yeah. Then Darth Maul. Then I'm a huge wampa fan. It's oh, my favorite nice. creature, I would say. Um, oh, cool. So, okay, here we go. Do you have a favorite character, and has it changed
0: since narrating? Hmm. Um I'd say my favorite Star Wars character is Yoda and it hasn't really changed much from narrating I you know only deeper appreciation for him cuz like what I do hmm. love about the books is you get into everyone's inner monologue and like you get to like yeah. you know that's hear- the
1: that's the difference maker for books
0: yeah yeah and i didn't realize that growing up like i think now i understand why people like reading like oh this is cool you know (laughs) so but yoda's uh has been and always will be probably my all-time favorite for tons of reasons but yeah that's our dad's
2: favorite character but his reason's a lot more shallow and it's that he's like five foot three
0: and oh so really is your dad he, short <laughs> he's really yeah. short so he he relates
2: to that aspect of the character
1: dude i don't know what happened but my mom's like five seven my dad's he says he's five four it's a straight I mean, he's lie five, three <laughs> he's a he's a god-fearing man but once a day he's lying to somebody <laughs> in the world about his height
3: <laughs> and uh
1: dude samuel's probably like five, 10, five, 11, Oh wow
2: yeah, yeah I'm a statistical anomaly, man. Just, I am nice. I'm five eight. Oh, I,
1: I don't wow. know what the heck's going on. Yeah. So Very cool. super it, funny. What's funny is my mom was like, Before I met your dad, I was dating this guy. I don't remember the guy's name, but he was actually from Spain. And he was and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And I'm a big basketball fan. And uh, I was like, That's really cool. And she was like, Yeah, he was like six foot four. And I was like, You mean my dad could have been like Pau Gasol? <laughs> Right. And instead, it's it's my dad, which obviously it wouldn't be me if it wasn't my dad. But, right, right. It. Um, okay, so, um, did you always want to do audiobooks or did this type of work happen naturally along the line somewhere?
0: No, it's very unnatural, and I did not want to do that because, <laughs> like, because, like, you know, like, again, like, I, I did not like to read, like, I was the kid who. If I had to do a book report, I rented the movie and like and got the cliff notes and you know because I was just like it was like three hundred pages, four hundred pages. That's like torture, you know. So when my agent called and was like, you know, have you ever done an audiobook? I was kind of trying to talk her out of it. I was like, no, not really. And, <laughs> and you know, and she was like, well, what about like a, a Star Wars audiobook? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold, on, hold on, hold on, why? You know. And then uh, and then I really wanted it. So, uh, but it was it was really scary doing it for the first time because it's like. It's, it, it, you know, it was a lot like just to, yeah. you know, read through the whole thing and then, and and prepare it and, and really, you know, and then I think I got hired because I had an animation background and I could do a lot of the character voices, right? But making the prose make sense and making the prose interesting. Um, Kevin really had to hold my hand through that and kind of coach me through that because I was so mm. not used to that and, mm. and, you know, and it was definitely like early on, I was like okay, this is Star Wars, but this is really intense. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but now that I've done several and, and, and you know, now it's actually one of my favorite things I get to do. Like now, because of that whole inner monologue thing. It's like now I've like learned to treat the, the parts that aren't dialogue as like just as essential as the character lines and, and really kind of learn to appreciate how much I'm learning about the characters through their perspective on, what's right. happening and you know so so now i like legit love it but like initially i was trying to get out of it and not wanting to do it
2: <laughs> and i feel like early on you would have been doing more legends material so it would have interacted yeah. with like original characters i feel yeah. like it probably would have been pretty intimidating to do like a harrison ford like i, I i'm decent at impressions Right, right. But like my impression of Han Solo is my impression of your impression of Han Solo.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I feel yeah, he, like... like, let's be real. He has, he has a. Uh, so I have, uh, I have the way that we do that impressions. I, do. I assume you do like, you have a line that you go to that you're like, yeah, you know, okay, okay hey, 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 hey. And this is your guy. Samuel, all the time, like if you fall in love with the show off. after this and go back and watch other shows, you'll see him do this 75 times over the last 81 episodes. <laughs> so. Samuel, when are you going to get to do Man, your Han Solo I'm, impression again for this?
2: No, I'm nervous. Um, it's really, I promise you, it's just my impression of your impression. And I only have it from this one time. It was Han talking to Luke and he goes, hey, kid. You know, and he, that's, that's all I've got. That's the, end, that's the beginning of the end
3: that's good. of I like my it. whole thing. And uh,
2: I just feel like it will be so intimidating, though, because he's just yeah. one of those voices that's hard for me to do. No, but you've totally, got to nail yeah. them,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's like – I think it was like when I started those books, um, I either was not aware or didn't know about how big of a fan base it had. Like I knew obviously mm-hmm. people would be fans of Star Wars, but I didn't know how big of a following the audiobooks had. Um, mm. And so I was kind of like blissfully ignorant of you know what what people thought of them or whatever, <laughs> and then I kind of yeah. like – uh was trying to uh i was trying to get to go to celebration so i was trying <laughs> i was trying to like angle like hey maybe i could go and you know so like i i found some reviews and i was like oh people are liking this you know so but it was definitely like i felt a huge responsibility trying to do honor to those legacy yeah. characters you know so mm. um so it was a lot of like rewatching the films and like recording little sound bites and playing them in my ear and, and just trying to, and like, I, I definitely do what you do. Like I found like a line or two and I got the cadence of it and, you know, and I, I would go yeah. back to those lines all the time. So,
1: and I feel like so much of impersonations is not just the voice itself. Cause obviously it's impossible to do everybody's voice, but the, if you can get, like you said, the cadence, like if you can get the mood and the attitude of the character down that's just as important as the voice itself
0: yeah yeah
1: like that's why everybody like anytime anybody does a donald trump impersonation like they have a whole face they have the hands right yeah yeah you know like everybody's (laughs) got the whole spiel um awesome okay so um here's a fun one this is something that um basically what you get to do for a living that's like my dream job like getting to read star wars books for living is super cool so i'm curious to to know So being a part of the star Wars community has created some of my best friendships. People I've met online, Instagram, getting to do stuff like this. If you would have told me 10 years ago, Hey, that Boba Fett guy, you're going to do a interview with him. I never would have believed you. Um, So it's given me some amazing uh, opportunities. So for you, what is a, besides reading the books, what's a once in a lifetime star Wars moment that you've got to
0: experience because of the industry? Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, All right. The first one that popped in my head was at the last celebration. um, Anthony Daniels had just written his uh, memoir of, uh, you know, uh, what is it? I am I am C3PO. I forgot the title of it now. Yeah. I think it's, Um,
1: I think that's it. I am C3PO.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and I believe uh, Random House may have published it or something. So because I was there with them, I got invited after like one of the evenings of celebration to attend like uh, a a book you know a book premiere party and he was there and uh i wore i wore this um i I ran in the star wars half marathons where you dress up as the characters and one of the outfits i did was i did a c-3po outfit so i had this like obnoxious c-3po kind of spandex shirt on and i wore (laughs) like a nice blazer and nice pants but i had like this obnoxious c-3po shirt on so, and I wore it thinking, well, maybe this will be a conversation starter or something. So I go to this <laughs> event and like, he's there and you know he's kind of on one side of the room and I'm on the other. And I'm like, do I talk to him? I don't know. I'm nervous. <laughs> and like, uh, he gets up on stage and he's doing his spiel. And all of a sudden, like in the middle of his speech, he stops and like locks eyes with me and he sees my shirt. And he's like, you sir come up here and i'm like oh <laughs> so like oh, i take off my jacket and in front of all these like publishers and authors and all this stuff he gets me up on stage and he's like this is why i write this book," you know like and he's going off dude like, like, you that's know, so cool I, so i got like it's a, you know, I have a really nice picture with him and have a little chat with him and it was just so that was that pretty blow away cool. wow yeah. and then you know i did share the thing about um being able to narrate force awakens before the movie came out that was pretty epic so
1: yeah but. so were you was anything this is off topic but was anything in the force awakens like um you know i've been trying to grow the channel and stuff so right now shorts are a big deal so i've been cranking out like little you know 50 second things a day uh-huh. um and so the biggest question i had leaving force awakens was what the heck's going on with this snow character who is this is this oh, you know, yeah. everybody thought it was Plagueis and all that stuff um did you so when you're reading for this character? Did they tell you ahead of time? And I, I'm only asking this now because we know who he is, and I'm not going to get right, you in right. trouble. But yeah, yeah. At the time, did they say so? This guy is this type of character, like, or is it just you read the line?
0: No, I just all all I got was the book, and like, okay, and I, I was, just, I had just as many questions as you can imagine, and I, you know, mm. I, uh, I I think I also thought it was plague. I also thought it was Plagueus. Um, and I, I remember like, you know, I, I was so paranoid about wanting to do the characters that were going to be in the film and like emulate what they're, how they would be performed in the film, in the book. Um, Mm. and so, and since there were no references, like I was trying to be like, can I see some footage? Like, can I go, (laughs) you know, and, uh, you know, they sent they sent me a couple audio clips of things. But wow. mostly it was like me, like going and, and finding the trailers and recording the trailers. I remember like for Captain Phasma, there was a talking Captain Phasma action figure. So I went hmm. to the toy aisle and was recording the talking action figure to try to get some wow. idea of what Phasma sounded like. That's um, really funny. You know, and so like I think they said eventually we begged them and eventually they sent me some stuff for Balatik and uh, Unkar Plut just so I would know what to do. Um, but most of it was just off the trailers and my best estimation of, of what it was going to be like. So,
1: wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I would say the coolest, obviously we're still much, you know, smaller show and things, but probably one of the coolest things is, uh, I got to meet Ray park a couple of weeks ago. Oh, Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, he was in Houston the day after my birthday. And so, um, I got to meet him super, super sweet guy. He talked to me for seven minutes. Wow. And he's paid by autograph. So me being the greedy son of a gun, I'd be like, you know, see ya, see ya, you know, right, just to right, rack yeah. up the cash. Yeah. Um. But, uh, we talked for seven minutes, and so I had a uh, comic book that had Maul on it that he was going to sign, and I said, hey, I um, I had this. I literally bought this here, but I printed some of my toy photography work would you sign that instead? And he said, for sure. And uh, wow. I paid for two signatures and he signed like seven things. Holy and moly. He, he loved the art and he, he told me the things he liked about every picture. He was that's like, so cool. wow, mall looks ripped in this one. And I was like, that's because you're, you're so cool and ripped. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> So that was probably the coolest thing was oh, that's awesome. not, not that like the podcast itself opened any doors, but it was cool that the photography that I've done in the past, the guy that's Darth Maul thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was really cool. So I applied for the media badge this year for celebration. Um, didn't get in this year, but we're going to, we're going to keep going.
0: Are you guys um, going then or no, you not going because you didn't get the, media no,
1: card? that was kind of like, because it's in California and uh, yeah, like yeah. to fly and to stay and all that stuff. Yeah. I could foot the bill for those two things if we got the badge right. type of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but uh, I did get asked. It was so dumb because I have a big event that weekend that I was going to ask months ago, like, do you mind if we scooch this? If I get to go to Celebration? Oh, yeah. And I actually got offered a ticket a couple of days ago, but because it's so close, right. I can't move the event. Ah, dang. Um, oh, well. So, but some someday, definitely going to yeah. go. Um Okay. Uh, let's see. We asked you what your favorite book was. You got to narrate. You kind of already covered that one. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Is there a book or character? Okay, here we go. Is there a book or character or story you would most like to be the voice of, even if that hasn't, like, even if there's no book for it yet, is, like, what's your dream
0: Star Wars narration gig? Oh, wow. Um... I would, I would really love to do like a, a Yoda centric book. Like, like that's totally like, Oh wow. You know, with him as the main character, like I, like I've done several where he's. You know, there and he's guiding and he's like kind of on the side, but like, I I would really love to know, like, I would love to know kind of like what we're getting with the Obi-Wan series. Like I would love to know Mm -hmm. what he was doing on Dagobah what event if, mm. if he had any adventures there was it purely hiding out you know like i like I, that would be like my dream dream thing is to be able to right maybe fill in that gap you know between yeah because uh, it's
1: it's uh it's interesting and in, i i want to say it's in a new hope certain point of view i can't recall um and i want to say that this one was narrated by jonathan davis but oh. there's one where it's uh he has two huts on Dagobah and he goes to one during the summer and then yes, one yes, during yes. the winter.
0: Yes. Yes. And yes. And
1: that would be so cool. Just, I could honestly watch four or five hour long episodes of him just pulling up mushrooms out of the ground. Right, right. less, <laughs> yeah, as yeah, long yeah. as it's Yoda doing stuff. But like, yeah, totally. It would be interesting. Cause like you have, if you think about it, like Yoda has a very, um, he's obviously a very strong character, but he has some of that uh, master Komak in him where it's like, he'd prefer to learn versus right. like, he's not a fighter by nature. Like Mace Windu has a more aggressive personality, for instance. Yeah. And so it would be cool to see like him on Dagobah and how to all these, Dagobah is such a dark side nexus and everything living there is violent and aggressive. How does he bring peace to that area where like, there's none of these animals it doesn't look like they're bothering him, hunting him. Like yeah. he's brought his own sense of balance to that ecosystem. That would be cool.
0: Yeah now yeah so
1: dang okay well now we have to show that we got to we got to pitch to lucasfilm right right Right. (laughs) okay uh here's a good one um what new characters in the last like five or seven years or so uh have been
0: your favorite characters okay wow um um i li- i really like um from the ascendancy books i i i thought hapleaf was a really cool character and and really kind of this really interesting conniving you know uh, s- sniffly sneaky guy mm-hmm. um uh i i think uh i i i'm loving i'm loving the high uh, high republic stuff uh so i love like um Stellan and Elzar, and um, I love um, Orbelin and Skier was really fun. So, like, all all those guys are, like, really, really.
1: Oh, man, I'm a Skier
0: fanboy. Yeah. I need more Skier in my
1: life. Me too. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. Perfect. Um, Okay. Dream. Oh, here's a cool one. Dream. I've said that every question. (laughs) (laughs) uh dream cameo would be in what disney plus show they call you just like john williams from rise of skywalker hey mark right right right. what's your dream cameo for a disney plus show you can give us a show and what would you want the cameo to be
0: oh man (laughs) that's hard um (laughs) i mean i have a couple like i i would like I guess at this point, cause I would have loved to have been in the Obi-Wan show. Um, but that's coming gone. But like maybe, I, I mean, it would be so fun to be in the Ahsoka show. And I have this idea of like a character who, cause I always wondered like, how did the Jedi go from there being like tens of thousands of them to, right. by the time raise around like, wait, the Jedi are real. That's a real thing. And mm-hmm. I was like thinking like uh, an interesting character might be like a, a con man who's like swindling people pretending he's a Jedi, but like, it's all like sleight of hand oh, stuff. Wow. And like, you know, like, so maybe I could like be like a, a, a faux Jedi on the Ahsoka show or something. But I also like thought it'd be so cool if like when Thrawn shows up in Ahsoka, if that's where he shows up, we don't know, but he's coming, I imagine. But uh it'd be so cool if like, I thought it'd be fun if me and Timothy Zahn were like, imperial people like you know like like just like you know in in the pit or something like doing some computer work and like have like a yeah just like a quick little yes sir commander Thron or something like that you know just some like little off thing that we could like do oh but, uh, man that would be <laughs> fun. so that would be a dream that would yeah. be really cool yeah,
1: I think John Williams's uh, appearance in The Rise of Skywalker is so perfect because it's like, yes, he's a cyborg, but it's clearly like it's not even a disguise. Like right. when yeah, Simon yeah, yeah, Pegg yeah. was Uncar Plutt or like when Daniel Craig was a Stormtrooper, you're like, you're leaning over to your friend and you're like, "Hey, that's actually Daniel Craig." Yeah, yeah, but yeah. For <laughs> John Williams, he turns around, has like a stick in his hand, and he's like, you know, yeah, not yeah, literally, yeah. but might as well. Yeah. Um, okay, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Here's a fun one. Uh oh my God, okay, I swear I'm not gonna say that the next time, I promise. Um <laughs> I'm so proud of these questions. How has the High Republic and the Nile changed the way you see the Jedi? I know you're a big Jedi fan, and the way they operate in the prequel trilogy.
0: Yeah. So I have fallen in love with the Nile because like at first. I was like really like space pirates that's what the jedi are facing like they would be able to do right, it like them so easily you know
1: Yeah like mad max characters
0: Yeah like it, it felt like how are they going to be a challenge for the jedi like that seems mm-hmm. like you know but they're such an amazing challenge and I and I love the I love that they're like this foil for the jedi and that they're kind of like selfishness and we don't want people telling us what to do and we don't want order and we just want chaos and anarchy like the the problems that that is presented for the jedi and like seeing how how they use fear as a weapon and how hmm. you know again that gets to the root of so much of the jedi mythos is like you know the 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 danger of fear and what fear leads to and you know mm-hmm. I, it almost feels like we're witnessing the birth of the dark side in a way like i know that there were sith before this and you know but like right like it's like it's it's almost like we're witnessing the reemergence of like the, the dark side and like because of, of all the fear that's in the galaxy because of the Nile and just so I, I, I think there's such a cool opposite wow. side of the coin I never even thought know, of like, that yeah it's really it's really neat
1: I was always wondering um it's really interesting because I always wondered and there's so much material out there as far as the adult novels the young adult novels the kid like the elementary or grade school novels and the comics. And they've done such a, like a bombardment with the higher public, but yeah. I want to say it's in the trail of shadows comic line that they really expound on the fact that in their greatest moment of need in the outer rim, the Jedi recoup because they're scared of the nameless. Um oh, yeah. yeah, 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 Those, we call them volcano tigers because the description was so wild. I was like, I, I don't know, a giant diamond cat.
0: I love um, that. But,
1: uh, <laughs> It's so interesting because it's weird how it looks like humility on one side of the coin because it's like, well, let's regroup Uh and figure out what's going on. But it's also – it's humility that at its core is like we don't want to be a part of anything we don't have complete control over Mm -hmm. Yeah, in a sense. You know what I mean? And it's so interesting that like fast forward a few hundred years and before the High Republic, the peak Jedi that we got to see – we thought was prequel Jedi. Like, right. you know, Force Sprint and the Phantom Menace and things like that. But yeah. really, they're at their weakest. Like, even though right. there's more of them, we get to see more crazy stuff, they're at their weakest right. because they're under this shroud. And you've always got like, I'm not really a big Mace Windu fan, because mm-hmm. you've got Yoda that's like something's wrong. And I don't know. If it feels like Mace is always like, let's do something drastic to fix it. Right. And right. <laughs> um, yeah. it's interesting that like maybe obviously i mean i don't assume that sidious is in control of the not sidious but like i don't assume that there's any sith in control of the nile i think that their own thing but i do think oh, that yeah. you make a really great point that the web of fear that they're spreading across the galaxy that's counterbalancing the light that the jedi are supposed to bring yeah. kind of opens the door for the shroud of the dark side to come into play Yeah, yeah because yeah. the jedi aren't at their peak because they're It's interesting because Yoda tells Anakin, let go of everything you fear to lose. But their call at the end of The Fallen Star was like, we don't want to lose any more Jedi, so we're all just going to hoard ourselves up in the temple. Right, yeah. And we know by The Phantom Menace, like, there's, you know, I said this a couple weeks ago, but you weren't on the show, so I want to impress you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I was saying, like, if you think about it, the, the idea to recall the Jedi to the temple in a time of fear... Versus just standing our ground and let's face this thing together. Um, obviously in the far future, we realize that they, they have to end up losing the outer rim. Like the outer yeah. rim is not a part of the Republic by the wow. Phantom Menace, wow. which slavery's still out there, which means yeah. Shmi Skywalker can't leave with her son, which means she's attacked by the Tuskens, which means Anakin falls to the dark side in episode two and episode three. So like, that Jedi recalling unto themselves on Coruscant 250 years prior wow. was like, had this long-term effect on yeah. Vader coming to, to become Vader, if that makes sense. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's intense. I hadn't thought about that. That's really cool.
1: You can tell people at Lucasfilm, you know, okay. a guy. <laughs> I'm happy to jump on. I am not I am Charles <laughs> soul, but I'm happy. Uh, okay, cool. So we'll keep, uh, we'll keep moving along. Um, okay. Okay. This is our last official question, and I know I know that I don't want to keep you for forever, sure. um, but obviously the show is called The Chiss and NC Podcast. We're huge um, yeah. Thrawn fans, and although I feel like the name has been niche enough that it's harder to find for the regular average fan, right. I do like that that's the name of our show because it shows that like we're a fan of all things Star Wars. We're not just yeah. like... The Lightside podcast or whatever, you know? Right, right, right. Um, but it says the show's obviously called The Chist Ascendancy. So, what has been your experience personally growing with Grand Admiral Thrawn as a character, and what do you hope to see for the character's future? Is mm-hmm. in a follow-up question to that, or I guess I'll let you answer that one first because this next question is a follow-up, but it's completely different.
0: Okay. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, I, I think like initially I kind of, you know, saw him as this really worthy adversary for Luke and Han and Leia. And like, you know, like like, you know, it, it, he was such a different flavor of character from, you know, the Emperor or or Vader, you know, and, and it was just, you know, the 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 amount of like strategy and calculation and outsmarting them uh, I thought like, this is a worthy adversary, you know, but now like in a weird way, uh, like I, I don't see him so much as the bad guy anymore. <laughs> I just see him he almost as, like, seems like a hero, right? Yeah. 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 And it's yeah, like, it's like in service of the greatest good. Right. And there's this like, really, there's this nobility to him and there's this, you know, uh, true meritocracy where he, he really like there, there, he really just wants the best idea and there's a humility about him And there's so many great like leadership principles in him that it's like it's it's almost like hard to see him like it'll be so interesting seeing how Ahsoka the Ahsoka show treats him because it's it's it'll be hard to see him as just a pure bad guy now. You know, like I'll I'll have all these other thoughts in my head and like um, so it'll it'll be interesting to kind of see him on the opposite side of of the you know, like because in these most recent books, especially like he's the hero he you know and he's right and and kind of like there's a lot to admire about him that you know uh, i the more you get to know him like it's like this guy's really cool you know (laughs) so well i feel like uh, yeah i feel like other than
1: obviously timothy's on knows him in and out like that's his son or whatever but right (laughs) um other than timothy's on and maybe his editor if you think about how much time you've spent being Thrawn, you probably have a deeper
0: right right (laughs) within his own mind
1: than you're probably top three in the world, Thrawn, Thrawn people. Oh, wow, so, yeah. <laughs> um, it's really interesting. I've said this a million times on the show before, but I totally agree because how do you go from um, a worthy but completely evil adversary in the Heir to the Empire trilogy, right? right. Like, kept the Nogri in the dark about their slave, you know, servitude type of thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, the just his personality was like uh, – didn't believe in the freedom the rebellion was bringing, you know, he literally, or the, the new Republic literally called them the rebellion. Cause he was like, I refuse to concede that they're the ruling mm-hmm. government. Now they're still the rebellion to me. And yeah. Um, but the character in rebels was also more on the, not as evil, but like, he didn't have time to hear out why Harrison Dula wanted to free Ryloth like that. Right. You, who cares? You're up against us. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so the canon Thrawn trilogy that came out and then alliances, you're like, well, hang on, this guy's helping Anakin and Padme. Hang on a second. And then treason, it's like he says kind of openly, like, I'm here to help the Ascendancy.
3: Yeah, And yeah.
1: then in the Ascendancy trilogy, he's 100% protagonist. Right, so right. I'm really, <laughs> like, I wonder if he'll be the bad guy. And then at the end of the Ahsoka show, it's like, maybe there's a worse bad out there and he's going right. to, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't think ultimately he cares about our, our galaxy. He doesn't care about the right. known galaxy because he wants to make sure the
0: Chiss are okay. Right. Right. So, and that is I don't the really one. Know. Yeah. Like that's the one through line that's consistent. Is like, he'll, he'll do whatever it takes to protect his people. So whether that's mm-hmm. making sure that, you know, the empire stays in power so that he can manipulate them further down the road or whatever, you know? So like, I think that's, uh, so that'll, that'll be interesting. And like, you know, I, I think sometimes cir- circumstances can change people. And so it'll be interesting to know what's happened to him when he's like in the whales, you know, in the outer region. Yeah. Whatever, maybe you know, he's like, so angry because he's been around Ezra him.
1: for so long.
0: Yeah. And like, maybe he's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's Ezra sick of Ezra. <laughs> That's a good, yeah. There it is. <laughs> uh,
1: so if they call you tomorrow and say, Hey, you get to write the fate of what happens to thron long term yeah what would you like to see happen to him
0: mm. well i think now in light of how we've gotten to know him in the books um i would like to you know oh duh i think i would like to see him initially try to like you know battle luke and them but then eventually like team up with luke and ahsoka and 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 try to like battle uh, you know whatever like whether it's the grisks or like some other you know thing like I, i'd like i'd like to almost see luke team up with thrawn and thrawn maybe come around and, and see that mm-hmm. the, like you know what, what if, if he really was just manipulating the empire for the sake of putting himself in the right position to protect the Chiss then maybe now that the empire's fallen, when he comes back, maybe he'll go with Luke, but I I have a feeling he's going to be the big bad again. So I don't think that'll happen, but but, uh, I think, I think that's where I would want to see it go now is like, maybe like, like you're saying, like, kind of like an even greater threat coming. And then Mm -hmm. like him team up with the people that we know to be heroes and and kind of help them in that way, I think would be cool
1: what's so strange to me about where he's at now, if it was just him being pulled out by the pergill, I think those creatures are called. Yeah. yeah. If it was just him, I can see a world where he's like, well, I'm ticked. I've been in space with these whales for four or five years, whatever. But it's interesting that the way that, and Dave Filoni doesn't do anything on accident. Like there is not a single thing that he's not like, I've got 10 other things lined up for this. Like Dave's always got another thing under his sleeve. So, um, to me, it says a lot that he's with Ezra wherever they are because Ezra yeah. will explain to him the plight of the Jedi and, you know, how crazy would it be if Thrawn's like, you know, interesting you say that. Like, right, right. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader because he has to know. Like, him and Tarkin are one of the only oh, two yeah. people. for
3: sure.
0: He yeah, for yeah, sure yeah. knows. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so it's interesting to see, like, how that would play out because I feel like he's a greater good kind of guy like he's yeah he's maybe the greater good is lining up with the right side of history to protect the chess you know right. yeah it's interesting um okay so the follow up question to that was um this is the last one i promise mm-hmm. the the follow question to that is is he meaning thrawn the most unique character that you've brought to life seeing as he's represented on both sides of the hero villain coin
0: I think the way you phrase that question, I would say, yes, (laughs) like, yeah, I mean, yeah, because it's like and it's like you could see how like I've asked I I got to interview Timothy Zahn uh, somewhat recently about this and like I think his take on it is he doesn't he doesn't see a difference like he really feels like depending on what circumstance and situation he's in, he's always doing what's best for his people. So sometimes that's going to look heroic and sometimes that's going to look like maybe like the villain, you know, but it's, it's, mm. it's really always about that motivation of I'm, I'm going to, you know, protect the just ascendancy and do whatever it takes. And like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling strings and manipulating, you know, battles and like thinking 12 steps ahead because I'm, I'm always doing what is best for my people. And, and it, whether that's you know, it's, it's always kind of this long game that he's playing, you know? So, Mm. so sometimes it's going to look different based on, you know, whose point of view the story is being told from, or what's his circumstance and situation he finds himself in, but he's always uh, kind of this person that will do whatever it takes, you know? And and so, so in, in, in he, in that sense, he feels like he's pretty consistent. And, And so that's really, you know, like Boba Fett is maybe similar in the books where you start to see, in in the books, you got in the in the, uh, in the uh, what are we calling it now? The Legends books about Boba Fett. You start to also saw see a bit a bit of nobility in him, and there was there was a code where it's like you know in in the movies he's just this pure, like I'm just in it for the money, and I'll you know I don't care, mm-hmm. and you know. But but in the books there you start to see how he had a bit of a you know ethics and code, and kind of you know, you know yeah was starting to rebuild the Mandalorians and stuff, and so um so so maybe boba's a close second but like but but yeah like i think thrawn is 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 probably the most interesting because he could he could switch sides depending on what story you mm-hmm. you plop mm-hmm. him in and 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 yet yeah. he's somehow still true to himself you know so yeah
1: i think that he's uh he's more true to himself than this character but you get a lot of that feeling from Kylo Ren too, where he's like, "I guess yeah. I got to go dark to figure things out." Right, right, or, right. <laughs> or like a like a Jason Solo, like you did the Legacy of the Force books. Like yeah, Darth yeah. Kytus was like, Lumaya was telling him like, "Okay, one more sacrifice, and you'll be able right. to save the galaxy." And he's like, "Okay, kill my aunt." Like,
0: right, right. <laughs> it was just you know <laughs> yeah.
1: really really interesting that they're. But I I agree. I think Boba Fett. Boba Fett's prime for me as a Boba Fett fan. Um, is because Thrawn and Boba Fett are my two favorite characters. So the fact that mm-hmm. you said that they're neck and neck for you was just like like that Star Wars moment for me. But yeah, um, <laughs> Legacy of the Force, Boba. That's like right. maybe we'll do the right thing this time. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I'll teach you, you know. But he's also still got that hard edge to him where he's like, yes, yeah, I'll teach you, J- Jaina, to kill your brother who killed my daughter. Absolutely, hundred percent, no problem.
0: R- right, right, right. Like yeah.
1: he's still getting his too. Um, yeah, totally, very cool. Okay, so uh, this would be foolish of us. So that's our last question, um, but I would love to – you probably get this all the time, so it's probably like another day in the park for you. But I would love to hear – if you wouldn't mind, I don't know how pressed for time you are, but I would love to hear you do a few key impressions that are some of our favorites. Would you mind? <laughs>
0: a, yeah, no problem. No problem.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've done this one for us before because we're the Chist identity podcast, but – Samuel, could you give us a prompt for something fun oh, for Thrawn um, to say?
2: I he can't put me on the spot like that, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Mark, you're the professional. You you know, you're sure you have something fun in your back pocket.
0: <laughs> um let's see. Um,
1: oh, I got one for you. Yeah. I will lay, I'm gonna paint this my daggum, this is gonna be my text. Thing from now. I'm going to strip it and make this my text tone. In Thrawn's voice, could you tell us that Bo-Katan's not a real Mandalorian?
3: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> These foolish people. Bo-Katan is not a real Mandalorian. How dare she claim that title? Perhaps she needs to face me in battle. I will take the Dark Saber from her. And I will rule Mandalore
1: oh chills straight chills i did hear you do one before where you uh i can't remember what podcast it was but you did thrawn uh ordering a hamburger oh yeah that yeah one was really. you're like
3: <laughs> extra <laughs> cheese
1: that was funny okay um sammy you did han solo earlier so i guess we can pass on that one because oh yeah you yeah, did such a great job earlier impression. yeah that's
2: the one we want to go with
1: um Okay, we did have a question about, like, characters like Jabba or characters like that that need a little extra... Um, like, modulation. Like, yeah, modulation yeah. in editing. What do you go with for characters like that? Can you just I, do, like, the gruffiest voice you can do and they add stuff
0: to it? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll do the best thing that I can do and then they can tweak it. But, like, you know... It's Wabba, she's do so much, Solo. Oh, oh, oh.
3: Podcast. Oh, oh, oh.
0: And then they might put a little gravel on itself. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Still really good.
1: <laughs> Still really good, yeah. Okay. Um all right. <laughs> all right. As soon as you're like, hey, this is really annoying, guys, let us know. We could just we could do this without the podcast all night. Um,
3: <laughs>
1: okay. We would. So you didn't read this one, but one of my favorite characters, this is like one of the characters that they're probably never going to put on screen, but I would love to see on screen is Jackson.
0: Oh Um, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And so I don't think you read that book. I think that was somebody else. It was Sean. Um,
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, would you ever consider doing a voiceover for Jackson? If like, for instance, with solo, Ray Park did the stand-in, but Sam Witwer did the voice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since
1: Jackson would have to be such a heavily CGI or puppet type character, right, if yeah. they said, Hey, we need you to do Jackson for Mandalorian season four, would you do it?
0: Oh, 100 percent I would I would be the water boy on Mandalorian if they wanted me to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: did you Would um... <laughs> you did uh did you what do you think that they same that they do with some other characters where they're like, here's kind of what you're looking for. Do you think that Jackson was because he is inspired by Bugs Bunny? That's why Sean read him that way.
0: Uh, I I probably, yeah. Like I, I, I I haven't done much research on Jackson, so I, I I don't know, but that I I would imagine that's probably what they were going for.
1: Okay. Super cool. Okay. Here's one that's really interesting. And uh, I'll let Samuel read the last one after this, because this is his personal uh, request. But uh seeing – oh my gosh, what is the guy's – I'm having a brain fart. The guy that does the voices for all the clones. D. Baker Bradley.
0: Oh, uh, D, yeah, Bra- D. Bradley Baker, yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. Yeah, D. Bradley Baker, seeing him go uh. through the characters of the Bad Batch. If you ever had to do a novelization for the Bad Batch, would – do you think you could get through all those characters talking to each other pretty easily?
0: I mean, I wouldn't say easily. I would, I would listen to a lot of him and, (laughs) but yeah, he, he was masterful at that. I I loved, I loved him hearing him describe what he was thinking when he's, you know, Mm -hmm. placing them different. And it, yeah, he's, he's so great at everything. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Do you have a favorite member of the bad batch?
0: Oh, uh, I, is it the the big guy's Wrecker, right? Mm -hmm. I I like Wrecker a lot. Yeah. He's my favorite. Yeah. (laughs) He makes me laugh out loud.
1: (laughs) Uh, do you ever catch yourself doing a wrecker at home? And if so, could we hear some?
0: Pick <laughs> up your socks. We're gonna get this house clean before your mother gets home.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Fantastic. Okay, we'll do one more. Samuel's. This is one of Samuel's bread and butter characters. Uh, not that it's a you know cool character or anything, but this is something that he, I was making a list and he wrote this one down. So, what what do we got, Samuel?
2: yeah a staple character for me that you've done um that's just it sticks in your brain is uh arenda price's mom the way that you uh you had her and it was in the it was in the Thron book and i don't care for that uh storyline as much as i care about Thron. so when i write when i re-listen i'll just like i'll just stick to Thron. Right, right uh in that audiobook and and i can it's just one of those things like i only have hey kid for han for her orinda price's mom i just have orinda you know and you just have that you know kind
0: of voice and it it always just stuck with me orinda i'd have to like i'd have to like listen to my reference for it but yeah that's amazing
1: okay perfect well um man this has been magical this is christmas morning for me so um Thank you so, so much. Uh, is there any, uh, plugs or social media or anything that you would uh, like to put out there so people can follow you and, and keep track of what you're doing?
0: Yeah, sure. I'm uh, captain E on Twitter, uh, and Instagram. And then I'm just my name, Mark Thompson, M A R C on uh, Facebook. Um, and I'm actually, uh, I am, I am going to star Wars celebration. So if people wanted to say hi or get something signed, I'll, I'll be at the uh, penguin random house booth audio and, uh, I think we're gonna be on some panels and stuff like that, so we're still finalizing cool. the schedule, but
1: very awesome, well, man, you've been a amazing, amazing guest. You answered a zillion questions and did uh, impressions I did not warn you about, so thank you so much um and uh, you guys, if you are a fan of anything, Star Wars, you have to check out the Star Wars audiobooks. um, it's literally like listening to melting ice cream. It's so delicious and just so fun uh so. <laughs> Uh, Heir to the Empire, if you want to listen, it's so cool because they're re-releasing these as the Essentials collection. So if you want more Thrawn, if you want to catch up on Thrawn before Ahsoka comes out, obviously we don't know for sure, but it really feels like that's what it's leading up to is Thrawn showing up in Ahsoka. Um, And so if you want to catch up on Thrawn, you can hear uh, Mr. Mark Thompson do Thrawn in the old, gravelly, deeper, cat-like voice. Mm -hmm. And the new uh sexy saxophone player voice that we get from uh <laughs> Lars Mickelson on Rebels. Uh so he does an amazing job at both. Mark, thank you so much for being on. You've been a you've been a real treat.
0: Thanks, Josiah. It was really fun. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. Awesome,
1: awesome. So uh we will catch you guys next time on the Chess Ascendancy and uh, the force will be with you always and don't forget And remember the only family you have here is me. Awesome. Nice. Thank you guys so, so much.